there's a lot of information and things are not going to go the way you want them to go. Sometimes by a little bit, sometimes by a lot, but you've just got to let it be like water off a duck's back and find a way to learn from your experiences, pick and choose, and then move on. This is part two of our interview series with Sarah Connolly. If you haven't listened to part one yet, please go on over and listen to that first. Just to recap, Sarah is a fantastic animator working in the industry currently. We interviewed her a few years ago. And just a quick disclaimer, the recording audio isn't excellent. This was recorded a few years ago, back when I was an animation student, and we hadn't quite gotten the hang of recording yet. We apologize for the quality of the recording, but there's still a lot of great information in here. Great for students and for anyone interested in the animation industry. So please take a listen and enjoy the show. Welcome to Evening with an Artist, a podcast created by students for students, where animation junkies Jordan and Rich geek out about animation, interview industry professionals, and ask the questions you want answered. So what do you do if you're kind of struggling with speed and you don't feel like your output is what it should be. Yeah, like what if you're slower than others? Um, that is a problem. There's lots of, but there's lots of stuff that you can do to get faster. Um, as you sort of grow in the industry, first of all, the first six months, you are probably going to feel like you're on fire, whether you are at the bottom of the class or the top of the class. Like The, the first six months are going to be like, a download of massive information um, and it's going to take you a while to work through all that information. So that's every pretty, I'm going to say 99.99% of people's experience, regardless of their skill level, is that the first six months are slow um, because you're trying to figure out all of these things. Uh, but as you progress through the industry and through your jobs, you're going to find out what slows you down. Um, for me, Posing used to slow me down because I wasn't confident in posing. So it took me a really long time to get the quality that I wanted. And then I blew through animation. Nowadays, um, I'm much stronger at posing, uh, but I find animation has like less instant gratification. Um, so I procrastinate and I don't want to animate my scenes. I only want to pose them. Uh, and so how I handled those two different issues at two different points in my career are very different, but you're going to build a little toolbox and you're going to put more tools in it and you're going to help figure out ways to get faster. It might be buying a mouse. It might be doing a specific drawing exercise every evening. It might be reading a specific textbook. It might be taking a life drawing class. Uh, it might be asking your supervisor for a mentor and have someone else check your posing before your supervisor does because they can give you more thorough feedback that you can incorporate over time. Uh, there might be lunch and learns at your studio. Uh, like there's uh, a plethora of like outside of work problems too, like working from home specifically. Some people have a lot of focus problems, so we can handle those in different ways and everyone needs different things. Maybe you need more flexible work hours. Uh, the big key to solving why am I so slow is to track what you're doing, practice some self-reflection and really think about what the problem is. Find one, try a solution and see what happens. Uh, if it doesn't work, it either wasn't the right solution or that wasn't the problem to begin with. 
And so there is a lot of trial and error, but I promise you, you will get faster and you will continue to get faster for the rest of your life. Um, the, the, you know, it's a bit exponential. There's a lot more at the beginning and less as you go, but you will always find ways to cut corners or um, you'll develop formulas. We talk a lot about formulas and animation. So like I have a formula for how to do a blink just in that I know exactly how many frames to hold. I know exactly what eyelid positions I want. It takes me about two minutes to animate. Um, the first time I did a blink, it took way more than two minutes and I had to do it a couple of times before I figured out what I wanted. But you'll build a library of poses, of actions, of breakdowns that you like that will help you speed you up a lot um sometimes it'll take you longer than others but like i i really cannot stress it enough you you can and will get faster a lot of a lot of these things are are really hard and and what i'll tell you too is that you'll get better at those things as you work um i was not necessarily very good at advocating for myself when i first started uh, and the first couple of times it did it didn't go it went fine but i didn't get to say what i wanted to say but i'm i'm getting a lot better at communicating what i want and what i need um in a way that is um digestible and succinct and clear um and in inspires people to quote unquote do the right thing or whatever but um it's a skill like anything else that is also a skill absolutely do you so in your position specifically do you do like a lot of drawing or do you mostly just pretty much always work with bills or do you like to draw on your own a little bit sometimes like on your own um specifically well i mean like i'll say specifically in my position but also in my entire experience there's not a ton of drawing mostly what i draw there's sort of two things that i mostly draw part requests so that'll be like hands feet, sometimes props, different perspectives, different gestures on the hand, like different expressions. Um, that's really, really common. Um, some shows or some studios, that's like not a thing. Um, but I think now as we move to the future, the animation is becoming more and more common. Um, and then the other time I'll draw is if I'm like working on a pose. So sometimes what I always recommend to my students is to pose your pose, slap a drawing layer on and draw over top of it and then tweak your posing to follow your drawing. Um, but there's very little like actual drawing, drawing, and that drawing like goes on the screen uh, in this uh, industry, or at least in this industry now working in Harmony. If that's what you wanna do, you wanna look at like layout, prop design, character design, although character design is also like still a different kind of drawing or effects animation. Effects animation is typically hand-drawn uh, so if that's something you really like, that's something to look into. It doesn't even matter that it's that you don't have time. Like, it just doesn't really work typically with the build. So you'll never draw a pose and then animate with the build, right? Because you can't animate a drawing. Actually, the other time you'll draw a lot is when you're doing multiples or smears or wipes. I do a lot of that on, on snappy shows, and that's kind of fun. It's a very different kind of drawing. Like, you're drawing weird stuff. But that, that's a bit more drawing. But it's just like those elements don't generally work with the build. I have heard that mm, I don't think any of them I can say. None of them are at my studio. But um, that are using a bit more drawing. But it is still typically limited to like drawing parts of the build rather than like whole poses with whole characters. What's the one thing you wish you knew before or Mm, that's a good 
question. I feel like at this point I should have an answer um, already prepared. I think perhaps that flexibility is a really important skill. I mean, I talk about communication all the time. That is still hands down, like my, I say one of my top three skills that you've got to have. Um, but being able to be flexible is really, really important. Um, deadlines sometimes shift. You might get pitched to another show if there's a problem. Uh, you might get shuffled to a new supervisor, uh, like flipping between shows. I went from Tangled to Kid Cosmic, which are arguably complete opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, there's So maybe not flexibility is the word I'm looking for, but maybe resilience. Um there's going to be a lot. There's a lot of information and things are not going to go that you wit the way you want them to go. Sometimes by a little bit, sometimes by a lot. But you've just got to let it be like water off a duck's back and, and find a way to learn from your experiences, pick and choose, and then move on. You're going to get a scene that you worked really hard on and you're going to be like, this is the best scene I've ever animated and someone's going to go, Oh, and, and it's going to be disappointing. Um, but like treating that as a bit of a learning experience can help. Like there, there are things, there are challenges. Um, and I think knowing that going into it would have been a bit more helpful. Like I knew it was going to be challenging, but I think I just didn't understand how much gets thrown at you. Um, and how much you sometimes have to pivot and, and change, and, and knowing that things will work out, you will, you will find a way to work through it nine times out of 10. And the one in the 10 times that you can't, that's when you go to your people, you go to your supervisor, you go to your manager. Yeah. It's just about like conflict and stress management. I think that was a bit of a tan tangenty answer. Yeah. But um, I think that's, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Cause I, I think that's something that we, like you struggle with in school too. Mm -hmm. So like, really 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 gotta learn to take revisions as like yes yeah i have revisions and i can fix up and like this is good and not like oh i didn't like what i did and like i'm awful like you can't we can't let that happen like mm -hmm. really well, i mean i'm i'm even here to advocate for let's not even look at revisions as a learning tool like it's just a part of the job yeah. like it's just a thing that happens. You don't have to assign it any sort of like virtue or value. It is just filling up your coffee cup at work. It's part of your routine. It's part of what you do. If you can look at it as a learning experience, like I think that's great. But I think, you know, a lot of us can't always get there or can't get there every day. Yeah. That's all like our routine is good for sure. Do, should we like try to like rapid fire some questions? Yeah. I, mean, I feel bad. The list is so long. And see, it wasn't this long, like two I hours know. ago. I know. It was quite short, and this is what happened. So the next one is, what is it like working at Mercury? Is it a nice environment? Okay, like, like Mercury. I'm very biased. I have had a very wonderful experience at Mercury. I really like it. Why do I like it? Um, I find that the shows are in line with what I'm interested in and, like, my skill set, uh, which is not important to all people, but I think that's important to me. I'm not super interested in like adult um, work. I would probably do it if I had to, but I'm not like very interested in it. Um, I think that Mercury is like leaning towards doing a lot of like storytelling pieces and, you know, watching Rise of the Guardians just want to be a storyteller. Um, 
but I have had really, really wonderful experiences um, with my colleagues in terms of people supporting me, people mentoring me. Like I was sort of talking about like pulling the people up the ladder with you. Like I do feel like there's so many people who have their hand outstretched to me to help me up the rungs. Um, and I know that that's not everyone's experience, um, but I like that is the experience, what the experience has been like for me at Mercury. Uh, I think the environment is great. A lot of people are friends, which is a, a pro and a con. There are some people who don't want that, and I respect that. And it does, you know, like sometimes it can cause problems in the workplace. But, um, like, I have people that I play basketball with, used to play basketball with, um, oh, no. every week. I had, oh, my cat has arrived. Um, we We have, like barbecues on long weekends and so we'll like the mercury will just pay for everyone to get burgers on break um a lot of studios do a lot of these things but um i don't know i just feel like uh i've just had like created such wonderful professional connections at mercury like a lot of the people um we share a similar interest in like specifically what we want to work on uh which might be different in another studio or it might be the same but um, I, I really, really like it. Yep, you you bet. Yeah, I'll, I have days where I come in and I just feel like I can't function. Uh, we joke every time we come back from like a long weekend or a vacation that we've forgotten how to use Harmony. Yeah, so that's that's normal. Uh, one day you'll be in a group chat and I'll, uh, that'll be, someone will post that and everyone else will say, mood, mood, me. Um, so what, how do you remedy this? I mean, there's a couple of things. Uh, one is like identifying the problem. If it's because you're like really not feeling good, you take a sick day, please use your sick days if, and when they are available to you. But sometimes you're just like in a funk. What I like to do on those days is I try to pick through the work that I'm the most excited about and start with that. Sometimes it's the only thing I can do all day is my exciting, easy projects, but at least that's forward momentum. And I can try to tackle the harder things on my to-do list when I have more like mental capacity or confidence or, or whatever I think the issue will be. The other thing you can do is um, try to pre- break hmm, your tasks down into smaller, more digestible little nuggets. Uh, sometimes when I think about the fact that I have to pose an entire scene on a Monday when I'm tired, that seems pretty overwhelming. But if I like tell myself I just have to rough pose one character, rough posing is when you like sort of do some blocking. You get like the vague positions of the arms and stuff, but you don't do any of the fancy stuff um, like deformers and like beautiful lines of action or whatever. Um, I'll just do some rough posing. Like I just try to find the lowest barrier to entry project or task and start there. Sometimes that's as high as I can get. But often I find that as I start working and I get warmed up, I can get there. Um, if, if you're specifically asking about like drawing, um, what you can do, and I like recommend trying this for animation too, is like Googling specific exercises and just doing them. Uh, even if it's like draw a ball, animate a bouncing ball, like you can do things like that. Just again, lowest barrier of entry to help you build up your momentum or just help you coast along. So at least you're making some sort of forward movement. And it's not always about going in and starting Oh, I want to get mm. all the hardest stuff done first. Like, yeah. I remember you talked about that in class. Like, it depends on who it is, but, like, sometimes you mm-hmm. like, start with, like, the easiest thing to get the ball rolling, and then you ramp it up, and then rip it down. Yep. Yeah, yeah like, in some people, some people it totally works, and some days it'll work for you, and some days it won't. 
Um, I think it's just about this is <laughs> this has been a topic at the workplace recently. It's just like allowing yourself, giving yourself permission to work with where you're at that day. Um, because like being hard on yourself, like if you're tired or not feeling well, isn't going to help you. It's just going to make things worse. So giving yourself permission to just do what you can today and you'll figure the rest out tomorrow. Sometimes that's all you need. What's the most common issue you have to fix when you get Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of what's like the best one, not pushing the stretch and squash enough. Uh, especially if you're on a snappy show, um, like I, <laughs> mm, that definitely wasn't my top revision in school. Um, I honestly, um, I did have um, a couple of things on a copy and paste because I knew that most people would have to uh, do them. Uh, and stretch and squash was one of them, and it is the same in the industry. So don't feel too bad about yourselves if you get that one a lot. And then like other common issues, like it's just like a whole bucket of person either wasn't thinking wasn't paying attention or didn't have time to clean up their scenes so like weird things flying off or like a weird in between or a tween that's on that shouldn't be on cell swaps like hands like changing positions randomly like uh line work flying off the body that's really common often it's because people don't have time or they don't give themselves time or they don't think to watch their quick time before they submit it um, because some some of these are render issues or like you just haven't watched the scene in a while so uh yeah i think those are like the two most common ones i get yeah that sounds right messing things up in the node view if you don't have to uh like so this is maybe going to make more sense as you have more experience in the industry but like you will sometimes go in the node view and change things. Um, but sometimes people will like detach the arms from the body of the character. And I don't know why. Maybe it's an accident and then they just kind of had to work with it because they didn't ask anyone for help. But it makes a makes it really hard for me to then come in and fix when the scene is done. If someone had just been like, hey, I accidentally took an arm off. Can you tell me what to do? Like in the posing stage, 10 minute fix. At the animation stage, I might have to start over. And so it's not necessarily a pet peeve, but like when you have a problem, ask your people for help. If you don't feel like you have someone in the studio that you can ask for help, definitely try to find one. Like I think that you should always have at least one, but you should have multiple people you feel comfortable asking silly questions to because they're probably not silly. But even if they are, you need supportive people. The other pet peeve I have, and it is a little bit personal, so I know that some people disagree with me, when people move the background instead of moving the camera for camera moves, because then I can't turn the camera move off to see if the action is working. Sometimes I'll get, like, spacing is another big common fix that I have to fix, and so especially when there's a camera move, you will all have lots of experience with this. I can't wait for you to know what I'm talking about. But you'll have like a, a camera move and a character moving across screen. And the character will like slow in and slow out and like jitter a little, little bit because the BG was moved and not the camera. And so if you've moved the BG and not the camera, I can't see what's, what's going on with the spacing. Um, and so then I have to frame by frame it and manually adjust multiple pegs instead of just turning off the camera move and like smoothing out the in-betweens. That is personal preference, and some shows do tell you to move the BG instead of moving the camera. So 
I understand that. Um, but mostly I just open those scenes and I go, oh, you made yourself this more difficult than it needed to be. And it mostly just makes me sad. Where do you draw the line and say, okay, time to stop fixing. I've had trouble knowing when to stop working on a project. Mm, an excellent question. Uh, I would say that this is probably one of the biggest problems that animators deal with period but especially when you're a new animator um because there is like a lot of pressure to (laughs) not get revisions and i mean some people look at it as like when you're in school getting revisions is more work um whereas when you're in the studio like revisions are inevitable you kind of have to change your frame of reference for getting revisions um especially as a junior um or you're never going to actually sort of figure out what your threshold is in the school environment, we're typically pushing people to get as close to 100% as possible um, because the idea at school is to teach you skills. So the closer you can get to 100, the more skills, theoretically, that, that you're learning. At the studio, it's dope if you can get to 100 or if you can get to 90, but sometimes 70% is all that you need. And so if you can get two scenes done at 70% or one scene done at 90 what's of better value it's often doing two scenes at 70 percent um but you're never going to learn what 70 percent is or 80 percent or 85 right whatever the threshold you're not going to learn what the quality threshold is unless you start submitting work that you're not happy with and as a person who is trying not to be a perfectionist this is very hard it is so hard and I still struggle with it to this day and almost as a senior it's harder because I feel like there's a higher threshold for me to hit on the first try but what you have to do is just acknowledge that this is going to be a thing that has to happen it might not feel good at first but you've got to do it some things you can do to help you do it set a timer you're only allowed to post for 40 minutes that's it and when you hit 40 minutes you are done do not hit snooze do not say five more minutes it's done you move on I think that's a great skill or an activity exercise whatever to do regardless but if that really stresses you out tell your supervisor hey i'm going to pose this scene and i'm only giving myself 40 minutes of pose i will submit it no matter what it looks like at 40 minutes of pose so that you can have an idea of what i can do in 40 minutes and your super is probably going to say dope thanks for letting me know like they want you to be learning and anything that you can do to get yourself faster and hit the quality bar like they want you to do that so that would be my recommendation And the other thing to do is much like with having a bad day, you have got to give yourself permission to hand in subpar work. You have to. We often talk about the marshmallow analogy. You have a bowl of lucky charms. These are your scenes. You cannot have only cereal pieces because that's boring, but you cannot have only marshmallows, only beautiful, gorgeous scenes that you pour your heart and soul into because that's not healthy. You need to have some scenes that are fine and some scenes that are like that you pour your heart and soul into i know i want like a like a um a lucky charms bowl sticker but like i like a lot of it is being diligent even though you don't want to do it and you're feeling embarrassed understanding that everyone has to go through this and the only way you're going to get out of it is is to do it so is there that's like, like the theme like my fear and i'm assuming probably most people's fear would be like you're gonna hand subpar work into your supervisors and they'll look at it and be like what the hell is this did you not go to school like is that is there any chance of that or are they always um, going to be positive and constructive and... 
So um, sometimes, unfortunately, that is the response. Like, and I'm not going to lie to you. And this is another thing. Maybe this is what I wish I had known going into the industry. Just because it happens doesn't mean that's that's right. Uh, so if your supervisor makes you feel like garbage when you get revisions, that's not what we expect in this industry. That's not the standard we set for our supervisors. That's not what you should be expecting at work. Maybe your supervisor has a bad day and delivers something a little bit more curtly than they should. That's very different. But if anyone is making you feel wildly embarrassed at work, that is not a good workplace for you. Um, or honestly, probably a good workplace, period. You need to be talking to people about about those issues. Um, sometimes, yes, though, we do get scenes. Sometimes I get scenes as a fixer. And I'm not necessarily like feeling harsh about it, but I am just met with confusion about how we got here. Um, and I think that that's more common than the, oh my gosh, did you even go to school? But just like, how did we get from from point A to point B? Because I know you and I know the skills that you have and I just don't understand what happened in the middle. What have you found to be the most challenging aspects of being an animator? Adjusting to new styles. Adjusting to new shows is is pretty hard. Uh, when we first started, a bunch of our professors uh, told us that your first show will be your second hardest show. Your second show will be your hardest show. Um, because because your first show is hard because you're learning. But then by the time you finish your first show, you've got some confidence. And then you move on to another show where you don't know anything. Um, and that feels harder because when you start, you you plan to not know anything. You go in thinking, I have a lot to learn. Um, and then sometimes the second show is a bit of a whammy where you feel like you're starting back from square one and it's like hard mentally. Um, so, I mean, like, but I'm talking style, I'm talking timeline, deadline, structure. Every team that I've been on has worked differently. Some shows have three approval stages, some have six, some have two. Um, and so like figuring out how your people on your team works can be hard figuring out what you do with the eyes. Oh, there's so many rules on so many shows and they're all different. Um, there's just like a lot of information when you start a new show. And sometimes you're coming into a show like halfway through. And so you like, bye, thank you for coming. Um, sometimes you're like thrown into the middle of a show. So you don't necessarily get a very big ramp up period. Uh, and so it's just like very hectic at the beginning. I find that to be, um, one of the more challenging things. So fascinating how in the same studio, like every show is completely different. Like, yeah. Like... Even if the like style was the same, the like structure and the way people work is different. Yeah. Uh, so e that even just makes like a whole different experience. So basically every project is like your project at school. It feels a little bit like that sometimes. It gets. I will tell you after like four or five shows, I'm starting to feel better yeah. um, because I know that I'll be able to get through it. But yeah, the second show is kind of tough. <laughs> well, it's always interesting because I've brought this up a couple times. And I know that it's really important that you conform to the style of the show that you're working on. That's like the whole point. And then a lot of people in the animation program feel that like we don't have a lot of creative freedom. But sometimes I feel like you can look at it one way and see that like we actually have a lot of creative freedom because we're not told it has to be done this way for for this show. We're just told get from point A to point B pretty much mm -hmm. most of the time. Yeah. So at least by like my experience at this point. Yeah, that's always a little I'm a little scared. <laughs> for, it's yeah. It, well, it can be. It can be, and, and sometimes you'll switch between, like, 
shows where you get a lot of direction and shows where you get none. And you'll find out what you prefer. I thought that I would prefer a show where I got not a lot of direction, but what I want is a lot of direction uh, because I like to know my very firm boundaries and then I like to work within them. I don't really like nebulous. The difference between those two dynamics is basically based on the people and like the supervising roles, like if they're hands on or hands off. It might be. So it could also, it could also be based on the client. Um, So some clients are very, very particular and you will get like folders full of do this with the eyes, but don't do this. Like I have, I have charts for certain shows I've been on that are literally do and do not. Um, And then some clients are like, well, we like think we want this, but we like also are open to this and like maybe a bit of this. And then like, by season two they're like okay so we've decided we don't like anything we've done so far let's try new stuff and they both they both present like very different experiences and and cater to different people if you like flying by the seat of your pants and making up stuff as you go you you want like an open pasture but i apparently am very analytical so i I like to have fences and i'll move between the fences but i need to have my fences a wide open field is too much for me So do you think that studios in Ottawa will continue to allow part-time or full-time remote working, or do you suspect there will be full return to the office? Everyone come in, everybody move back to Ottawa, get in, set your desk. So I really foresee a, a, a place where we're going to see more remote work also in part because that will allow people or studios to hire outside of the province, possibly outside of the country, because previously you're, pretty limited to you know hiring locally which doesn't always fit your needs and typically contributes to like an intensification of the same qualities the same backgrounds the same experiences and so if you want like a more diverse skill set and 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 a diverse set of employees you need to be able to reach people who are outside of your like typical sphere of influence and i see a lot of studios doing that and I see so much benefit from people doing that that I just don't see a world where they're going to stop doing that. Yeah. Uh, what's the most important, maybe unexpectedly, skill you think people should have to work in animation? Yeah, I'm just going to like list them. Um, and I think uh, we talk about this in school a lot. Like, I think that your soft skills that are unrelated to your job um, or like your your artistic part of your job are what are your most important skills. Organization, time management, communication, resiliency. Communication and resiliency, I think, are two of the biggest ones. How do you handle challenges? How do you communicate those challenges? And how do you come back from those challenges? Um, People skills. um, I'm about to give a bunch of examples that are all communication. So I'll just say communication again. Like, so your soft skills. So all the things that you don't get to learn about explicitly in school. Like, I think that I think that those are so valuable. Um, because being good at drawing, being good at BGs, being good at animation is only part of your job. You have to work with a team of people. Um, that is hard. And so you need the skills to navigate that too. And it, you can get pretty far being a really good artist, but not having great soft skills, but there is going to be like a ceiling that you hit. Um, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be a manager, you've got to have soft skills. And I'd argue, even if you want to be a good animator or a good layout artist, you have to have soft skills because 
that's what's going to make you responsible. That's what's going to make you approachable. It's what's going to make you the go-to person on your team. There's this other question going back to chronic pain. Uh, if you're mm-hmm. comfortable sharing, what are some ways you manage your chronic pain? Do you have naps? Do you see pads? I have chronic pain and fatigue and maybe you have tips. I mean, the number one thing that I do is like identifying what aggravates it and not doing it or at least finding ways to mitigate it. So for me, sitting down uh, for extended period of time can be really challenging. So it's like getting up every hour. My physiotherapist recommends every half hour, but we compromise with an hour (laughs) because that felt too frequent. Going for walks, uh, doing like uh, I should be doing more of this, but the gyms aren't open. So that's my terrible excuse. Um, But like strength training. Obviously, that is, again, something that I recommend doing with a professional because I have also injured myself doing workouts. But, like, I think, like, just, like, treating your body with with care, um, the whole, like, eating healthy and exercising is, like, such a boring answer. But I do think it helps. When my back feels really bad, I lie down on my breaks. Like, Like, I just crawl into bed. I call my cat over. We chill. Like, and it feels kind of silly because I am, like, technically on the clock. But... If I can't get through the rest of my workday because my back hurts so bad, I'm not going to get through the rest of my workday. Like, I'm just going to have a nap. Harder to do at the studio because we don't have nap pods, but also those nap pods don't look very comfortable. The other thing, I uh, have a standing desk in Ottawa, and I do find that helpful because while the standing desk is not the same thing as, like, movement, and I do recommend movement, it, it just lets me distribute, like, the pressure in a different way. But I couldn't fit it in my car, and I did not think I would be here for more than three weeks. <laughs> so it's now been over <laughs> over a year. Um, so I should have bought a new one. Um, but that's another thing too. Like, so you can ask your work to. I don't know if they have to provide it to you, but they have to provide you space at least to use a standing desk if you need one. Sometimes they'll ask for a doctor's note, but like if that's something that's helpful for you, also heat pads are dope yeah I do I have a bunch and I love them I find them to be yeah very helpful just particularly with the neck um the neck pain I had but it's like like, finding things that make you feel better and I like that's not very helpful but like trying different things it's very individualized and Mm -hmm. the healthcare system is easy I like when I stumble on a tiktok or something I'm like okay everyone relax your jaw and you're like oh and like all right now relax your shoulders and you're like Oh, yeah. Shit. Okay. Or like those that are like, "Mm, are you sitting up straight? And you're like, no. No. I am now. We start talking ergonomics. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. I wish everyone's cameras on. That's usually what happens. (laughs) Move and move to rig animation. Do you find the transition weird? I think they're meant traditional because I know that question was in the chat before. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah, but I think I. That's who was asking the question, but. Yeah, maybe, like, when you're in school, or, or, I mean, I think even coming out of, into the industry, you do less hand-drawn stuff, and, um, so, I, I think most people find the transition quite challenging. I did not. I had a great time, um, because I did, despite the fact that I, in school, didn't think that I liked Harmony, um, in hindsight, I did. I just didn't, I lacked the confidence um, to believe in myself and my work. Um, But a lot of the problems that I had um, in traditional animation were negated by harmony. And one of my biggest things is I like to try different things to find out what feels good. Doing it on harmony cuts the time 
probably by 80%, if not 100%. Like, it's so much faster. And so I have more opportunity to try different things. And two, like, I actually, when I started working in Maya, animation clicked in a way that it didn't click for me while I was doing hand-drawn. Like, I think, like, I had all the puzzle pieces, but they were, like, just not quite lining up. And for some reason, taking away the drawing and just letting me focus on, like, one individual element at a time, which technically you are doing when you're when you're hand-drawing, but I think I got so caught up in the drawing aspect that I didn't have enough space to think about, like, timing and spacing. I really felt like I could isolate things a bit more on the computer or go back and rework just one section. Most people find it very challenging. So I don't want to, like, let you all believe um, that it's just going to be a magical fairy tale. And so then if it's hard for you, it doesn't, and you, like, feel bad. This is a really common complaint in third year. Uh, people have a really hard time transitioning out of the hand drawings. Well, I guess the second year is you had that this year um but even complaints like coming from like in the old meetings we would go with the chairman like third years were always like we wish that it was introduced sooner because getting hit with that in third year was really hard yeah to be honest if i had done a lot of traditional in second year i would have wicked struggled i was struggling really hard mostly time management wise to like mm. i did not have the muscle memory like I yeah drawing long enough i was so slow i was probably one of the slowest in my class um and that's okay but mm. it's just you know the move to digital faster really helped me personally yeah. But yeah. yeah, like that's not everybody's experience. And I think people who can do really well and thrive in traditional, that's pretty freaking cool because like I couldn't do it. Yeah. I I wish I I wish I had a bit more of it. Um because I don't think that I was quite as bad as I thought I was at the time. And um man, like I just traditional animation is so nice. It does have like a life to it mm-hmm. that most 2D animation can't get to, but there's a couple of animators at Mercury that I really, really admire who I think have done a really good job. Like I would believe it if they told me it was hand drawn. It's it's so good. So um yeah, I yeah, I found the transition to be very beneficial for my skill set, but it is definitely a thing that people really struggle with. Yeah. Awesome. Well we did it that was that was awesome thank you so much Sarah that was oh yeah thank you amazing and so helpful (laughs) it was really fun yeah it's really nice I um if you couldn't tell I love talking about animation um and I'm not like seeing people in person very often so there's not a lot of opportunity for that I will take this moment to say I have uh Instagram and I don't really use it but if you have questions um and and you want to like ask someone questions please hit me up or you can ask Jordan and she can get you in touch. Anyway. Thank you for listening. If you have as much fun with these episodes as we have making them, consider following us on Instagram and Twitter at evening with an artist. Get up to date news on future events, episodes, and more. You can also check out our website, eveningwithanartist.com for a look at previous recordings, interviewees, news, and upcoming shows. We would love to hear from you. So send us a DM on Instagram or email us at Jordan and rich at eveningwithanartist.com. Don't forget to join our community on Discord and see where it all started. Here, you can chat with other members and submit your interview questions. Did you enjoy the music? All the tunes on our podcast were created by our music man, Dougal Dawson. To learn more about Dougal and listen to an uncut version of the Iwa tunes, you can find him on our website.
If you'd like to support the show, visit the donation page on our website, linked throughout all our social media, to help fund equipment, production, and guest speakers. Until next time. I've been Rich. I've been Jordan. And this has been Evening Evening with with an an Artist. Artist.